Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Social media are saying that this could be 
one of the greatest harness races of all time in the long and rich history of this sport. We certainly hope so. It is on paper. Whether it turns out to be, we'll have to wait and see. We have to kind of keep our fingers crossed for good weather, and uh, we'll certainly see. But we are going to add to the hype on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. We are so excited to have all the major players. Uh, Owner George Teague of Wiggle It Jiggle will be joining us here in just a few minutes. Jimmy Tactor, the fine trainer of Always Be Mickey. What a performance by Always Be Mickey. He'll be joining us as well as uh, Larry Reinheimer, the trainer of Freaky Feet Pete. What a performance by him. A couple of world records on the program. Uh, Robert Cooper, the owner of Melmera, who uh, set a world record or equaled a world record a couple of weeks back at the Meadowlands versus Always Be Mickey and uh, looked Always Be Mickey right in the eye and hung with him there until the late stages in that elimination race. Um, He's going to be joining us as well. We're also going to have Jen Starr from Pocono. She's going to tell us about all the going-ons. There's a lot of going on for the big day Saturday. She'll be joining us at about 7.45 or so. Plus, we'll have a running aces segment. Our good friend Darren Gagne will take a look at all the action that has happened and will happen this week at running aces. He had a chance to sit down with driver trainer Rick McGee, one of the more successful uh, driver trainers up there, and uh, we'll uh, talk to Darren Gagne probably towards the top of the hour. When we come back, owner George Teague of Wiggle It Jiggle will join us. We're getting the hype started. It's the big one, the Ben Franklin, coming up on Saturday at Pocono. And we'll talk to owner George Teague of Wiggle It Jiggle when we come back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland-Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Great moments are born from great opportunity. Wiggle it, jiggle it, now resurgence to take the lead by a length. Inside state treasurer, outside fading is always at my place. Wiggle it, jiggle it, answer that challenge. And that's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. Top of the stretch, Mel Mara and Always Be Mickey still battling it out here. And Always Be Mickey takes over the lead with a burst of speed. Now watch the timer. Always Be Mickey lights it up in 147 even world record. You were meant to be here tonight. This is your time. Freaky CP pacing away and hiding now. He's out by five. On the inside, some room from Rock and Roll World. Outside is Sunfire Blue Chip, but Freaky CP in another dimension from these. Freaky CP by six points at the end in 147-1. This is your time. Freaky CP follows up always B. Mickey with some sparks of his own here. 147 and one-fifth. And that'll be a world record for the age group. This is your time. Belmera wins in 147. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Boy, we're going to have some final next week of the Ben Franklin. 
We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by MedAmerica, and I think uh, track announcer Jim Baviglia put it well. We're going to have some final in the uh, Ben Franklin. Right now, we're joined by owner uh, George Teague of Wiggle at Jiggle it. Now, George, listen, we know that that you've had you know great horses in your time, and you've been around the business a long time, and you've got one of uh, certainly the players in uh, this big, big race coming up. George, do you remember uh, a race that garnered that that got this much hype before? No, it was a new age of social media, man. I think this is what uh, it's a positive for the sport that if you can get the message out there and the word of these kind of horses racing on a daily, weekly basis, and when all three come together on an exciting race all together after last week, it was a perfect storm with all three of them winning and in good fashion and coming in with almost endless wins in the record. You know, with social media around the, you know, around the country right now and somewhat around the world, it makes for a really, really exciting uh, chance to be involved in a race like this here. George, Pacers or Trotters, do you remember a better collection of horses in one race? No, no, I don't. I mean, you know, you talk about the three, but, you know, some people forget what state treasurer was last year, and and then Mel Merritt come along, and, you know, he was a great horse as a young horse. I think he injured himself a couple times, but, you know, nothing nothing light on him either. It's a good feel of horses, and all bets off, he kind of drew it bad, but he's a real good horse. So, no, you're talking about a field packed full of great talent, and like I said again, just, Happy to be a part of it. All right, let's get to wiggle it, jiggle it. First of all, uh, a, a tremendous elimination race. Uh, certainly not the fastest, but certainly in hand, a very easy win. Your thoughts on uh, his elimination win last week? I'm very happy. My friend has done this for his whole career, and, and, and I think that hopefully will expand his career where he didn't have the time where he didn't have to you know race them all lot. He didn't, and he's been pretty much you know when he's been able to. To bid up in his face and save it for next week. He, he's he's shown the last you know longer than a lot of horses with a three year old year, and we're going to try to do a lot of racing this year as a four year old. So what you see is uh, Montreal protecting him when he can, and and that's good. So you know speed is a wonderful thing, but in return uh, money spends better than speed. So you know Darren again, we just hope he's up for the task this week, which he's been for all of his races so far, and I feel pretty confident going in that he'll show up again and race real well again. Coming out of the elimination, everything was good. He had a good week? A, a very good week. You know, he, his foot issue, which was a couple months ago now, and, and it, it lingered for a while, and, and 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 now I see less of it than I had months ago. And, you know, his original problems from last year seem to be deciding pretty good. And he's balanced out pretty good as far as soreness goes. And uh, that was his Achilles heels last year. And, uh, you know, and, and a party this year, but now he's getting sounder and sounder and still seem to be fresh, and he, and he still brings a lot to the table that, you know, a lot of horses just can't do like he does. So I feel pretty confident that he was wrapped up last week for a reason, and uh, I think he'll be, you know, up to the task this week. Visiting with George Teague, owner of Wiggle It, Jiggle It. Now, George, let's dive into this race. We had a dead heat for third, which means we have a field of 10, which means we have a trailer in 10, always at my place, for a trainer. Ron Burke will uh, start behind uh, – well, he might start behind you, but uh, we'll start behind certainly – uh, one of the nine in the top flow. Now, you drew post position number three. Uh, first of all, your thoughts on the post draw. I have to be happy about that. Yeah, I was, I was happy, but you know you're on the 5A, so the draw ain't as, ain't as crucial as a lot of spots, even with uh, B and Mickey having the six and Pete having the seven, even even uh, 
uh, Melmero got the rail. I mean, it, it, it spread out pretty good. We we got lucky to draw inside of them too, but outside of Melmero. Um, so you know, good horses, close position, don't seem to affect them quite as much. So uh, it's good to have the three spot. But in return, I think all horses are good enough, and um, I don't think it will come down to the draw as much as the trip. Whoever works at the best trip has a great night. I think it's sure to win amongst the four or five horses in there. Now, I got to tell you, George, you, you've taught Montreal very well because last time we had Montreal on this show, and I can't remember, it was, a, it was about a month ago coming up into a race. And, and uh, you know, we kind of tried to ask him about a strategy, and Montreal says, no, 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 no. I do not tip my hand, do not divulge strategy. We're not going to ask you about what strategy is because obviously that's something you want to keep in your back pocket. But is Let me it cut something you off. that. My strategy is simple. I let Montreal drive. I don't give it no strategy. Like I told a few people, man, we don't sit there and, and map out this big game plan on what he should do and how he's going to do it. And, you know, he knows the horse. He knows the race. He knows the horse he's in with. And uh, every race that guy has lined up behind the gate has been solely his driving, and I had nothing to do with it. I live and die by what he does like everybody else. Certainly fantastic, and uh, I'll tell you, Montreal's a smart young guy, good head on his shoulders. He uh, he's definitely been handling the wiggle it, jiggle it uh, perfectly fine so far in his career, uh, and I think that's obvious. George, uh, before we let you go, I'm going to let you fill in the blank. Wiggle it, jiggle it can win if? If he as good as he's been. And that sounds good to me because if, he, if George, if he's as good if he's as good as he's been, he's going to be very tough. Well, listen, we really appreciate you joining us on the program. And, and you know, Mike Carter was actually joking. You know, you've been on this program so much, we're going to have to start paying you a little bit. So, uh, you know, keep uh, looking at you. Uh, Keep looking in your mailbox. You may get you may get a couple checks from us. Not sure that they're going to be any good, but you may get a couple of checks from us. <laughs> okay, no problem, guys. George, good luck, buddy. Thank you, need it. See you. All right, that was George Tink, the owner of Wiggle It, Jiggle It. Unbelievable, uh, this race coming up on Saturday. And, uh, well, the hype's just beginning on our end. We've got Jimmy Thacker coming up. He's the trainer of Always Be Mickey. Uh, and what a performance he put on uh, last week. Uh, unbelievable uh, performance from uh, Always Be Mickey. Plus, uh, we're going to talk to Larry Reinheimer. He's the trainer of Freaky Feet Pete. Plus, we're going to talk to Jen Starr about all the going-ons at Pocono. We've just got lots and lots to cover on this particular program. Our Running Aces segment's coming up. Certainly don't want to miss that. You've got uh, Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by our good friends at Bet America. We'll be back in just a moment. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. 
at the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. We're back on first time with Mike and Mike again, Why Bet America. Mike Bozich, Mike Carter will be joining us here in just a few moments. The hype goes on for the Ben Franklin final coming up on Saturday at Pocono. Right now, we're joined by trainer Jimmy Tack. There will always be Mickey. Jimmy, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you very much, Mike. Jimmy, you've seen a lot of races, and I'll ask you pretty much the same questions I asked George. You've seen a lot of races in your career. You've had a lot of great horses, trotters and pacers. Uh, do you ever remember, first of all, uh, as much hype going around a particular race as is uh, the Ben Franklin? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the this is the race that, uh, I mean, if uh, horse fans want to see a race, I think this is the race. And I, I encourage everybody that in harness racing, to show up in Pocono because uh, I think they're going to witness uh, not just this race, but it's a heck of a card. And uh, and uh, but especially Ben Franklin, it's, uh, it's such a wonderful race. Well, certainly is from top to bottom. And I warn people of a couple different things. First of all, uh, don't overlook the rest of the card because the rest of the card from top down is just bang up. And, and you've got uh, quite a few horses going, and we'll touch on those horses in just a moment. But getting back to the Ben Franklin, Jimmy, do you ever remember a particular race that had the collection of talent, either paces or trotters, that uh, the Ben Franklin does? I think uh, if I got to mention one race that was fantastic, and unfortunately it was just 7,000 people that witnessed it, it was Statue of Liberty Trot that was in Garden State. And uh, I know it was uh, a heck of a job from Joe DeFranc and uh, and people in Europe to put that race together. And that was that kind of, you know, uh, you know, uh, what should I say? Uh, you know, like the action around the race you know, the, going into it. And, I mean, I don't know how many people have uh, talked to me this week. Uh, it's like uh, twice as big almost to go into the Hamiltonian. Trainer Jimmy Dank, they're joining us uh, of Always Be Mickey and uh, several of other great horses that will be in action on Saturday uh, that we'll talk uh, about. First of all, Jimmy, let's uh, talk about the elimination last week. Always Be Mickey, obviously, put on a dazzling show uh, in the eliminations. Uh, first of all, your thoughts on that elimination race and uh, how did he come uh, out of the race and how did he uh, get through the week? He had a good week. Uh, you know, I didn't do much with him, of course, after, you know, he had a tough, uh, you know, week uh, before that. And he was up in Canada, went another 47 miles. So, uh, you know, we laid him low a little bit, got him a couple of days off and, uh, I, I jogged him a little bit on the first day I put the, even a harness on him. It was actually Tuesday. I went out very light jogging and uh, and uh, and uh, jogging Tuesday and Wednesday a little bit. And I a little light trained him today, and uh, he felt just very good. 
Did that elimination race, uh, as far as how Always Be Mickey performed, did that surprise you, or did that take you by surprise at any point? Well, you know, yes, it it, it did in, in a way, because, I mean, it was a, such a performance of a horse to do, because, you know, David is, you know, tuned him up pretty hard uh, past the first quarter, and he thought, of course, he would clear, but... Uh, Looked like Corey changed his mind a little bit, and pop, 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 and the race got, uh, you know, very, very hard, you know, going from uh, the five-eighth pole uh, to home, you know. So, and when he opened up uh, in the stretch, uh, it really impressed me. Now you drew post seven for the Ben Franklin final. Uh, a little bit of a hitch in here because there was a dead heat for third, which means now in one of the uh, eliminations, which means now we're going to have a 10 horse field. Now we're going to have the trailer with uh, number 10 always at my place. Uh, you get post position number seven. Does the trailer throw a little bit of a hitch in this thing? Well, <clears throat> I mean, you know, really, I mean, from seven posts, I don't expect uh, Mickey really, you know, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't tell David how to drive the horse, but, you know, I think he most likely have to travel uh, the race outside. So, of course, it's a handicap. I mean, you know, mathematic, every turn is uh, you one tier outside, it's, uh, it's two lengths handicap. So, you know, you need to save a little lot of ground, but, you know, same token, I think it's going to be very, very hard steam up front, you know, I mean, uh, they're going to go very fast to half. I don't think nobody going to get any soft fraction there. All right, let's get away from the Ben Franklin just for a couple of minutes because you've got a busy night. It's going to be a busy night for one Jimmy Tactive all the way around. Uh, let's briefly touch on the uh, consolation, the Earl Beal consolation for three-year-old Trotters. Now, you've got a trio in there, Lagerfeld, Love Matters, and uh, a horse that uh, you talked about last time you were on this program, Jimmy William. What are your thoughts on uh, any of those three Trotters? Well, all three actually raced pretty darn good last in, in elimination. Uh, unfortunately, Lagerfeld made a break top of the stretch when Corey uh, pulled the earplugs on him, and he would have been third in this elimination. He do not have the ability like uh, Southwind Frank and Bar Hopping have, but uh, he's a very nice horse, and, uh, you know, Janik been driving him uh, through his career, and, uh, you know, he was in the same elimination with Southwind Frank, so... We had a new driver, and you know, I mean, he, you know, Yannick get along very good with him, and uh, the horse is very good. Uh, Love Matters and uh, Jimmy William, they just did not have any any good racing luck. I mean, they had horse, dead horses in front of them the whole mile, and uh, both actually raced very well. So, all three coming into the race very well, and I and I think uh, they're going to be big contenders. All three. Don't ask me which one I think is the better one because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> the James Lynch final, uh, pure country. She was obviously a, a star two-year-old Philly Pacer, going undefeated, winning close to seven hundred thousand dollars last year. And uh, she uh, started, uh, or she had a couple of races there back on uh, the end of May and the beginning of June in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes in the Fan Hanover, where uh, she got defeated. One by Darlin on the beach, and everybody was ready to crown uh, Darlin on the beach, kind of the, the new queen of the three-year-old Philly Paces. But uh, Pure Country made a, a statement in the Fan Hanover. She rebounded with a win in the Lynch, and uh, she draws post seven. Your thoughts uh, uh, coming into that uh, James Lynch Memorial Final? Well, you know, I don't think she had done any bad races. She. She came into the first take, you know, a little short and wasn't really, you know, uh, right, 
you know, I was a week or two behind on her because she got an injury in the paddock. And uh, she raced tremendous in the final. And, and we had so far had two big finals, and she won them both. And I thought the last uh, race, she raced a heck of a race. And uh, she's just uh, that type of feeling to get it done. Uh, I mean, I know Darling on the Beach is very good, and it's actually a heck of a great group of three-year-olds. So uh, it's going to be a horse race. I mean, but, uh, you know, somehow she's such a classy feeling. Like she seems like she's always there, and she, you know, she, I, I'm sure she's not going to embarrass me. Jimmy, before we let you go, uh, I'll let you fill in the blank. Always be Mickey can win if. Well, you know, if you don't get too crazy bad race, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I know he's going to travel outside, but uh, I think he's definitely the strongest horse in the field. So if they're going to be good pace in the race, I think he's uh, he's going to be right there. You know, I mean, he's you know everybody know how much I praise this horse. He's the best horse I ever been around, without a doubt. Jimmy, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck in the Ben Franklin final. Certainly cannot wait to see that race and the whole card coming up at Pocono. Best of luck to you, sir. Thank you, Mike. All right, that was Jimmy Tactor, the uh, trainer of uh, Always Be Mickey. And uh, right now, let's see if my man's on the phone here. Let's see if uh, Mike Carter, who's uh, on his way battling traffic. Mike, you there? Yeah, we're here. Uh, I'm direct connecting on my computer, so give me one second. All right. Well, I'll give you one second. We got some breaks to take, so I'm going to put the old mute button back on you there. And uh, so if you're making fun of me, I can hear. And uh, <laughs> listen, we've got so much more to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. We've got uh, Larry Reinheimer. He's on deck. He's going to be joining us talking about the uh, Freaky Feet Pete and what a performance uh, he put on. And uh, we're also going to uh, let's see who else we got. We've got Robert Cooper, the owner of Melmara. He's going to be joining us. And uh, also we've got Jen Starr from Pocono. She's going to be telling us about all the going ons. We've got uh, our running aces segment. We've got our Maryland minute. We have just so much left to come on this edition of post time with Mike and Mike presented by bet America. We're going to go to the Maryland minute. And when we come back, we'll have Larry Reinheimer, the fantastic trainer of freaky feet. Pete, you've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by bet America. This is your Maryland minute. Maryland Minute is brought to you by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads, in cooperation with RUS America and Ocean Downs Racetrack, brings you Racing Under Saddles Back on Track Race, Sunday, July 17th at Ocean Downs. Racing Under Saddle and Starting Gates will have representatives on hand to talk about their individual organizations and conduct demonstrations. Also, $2.2 million purse earner Golden Receiver will lead the post parade as retired racehorse transition to pleasure horse and ambassador for organization. Ocean Downs is located 10 minutes from Ocean City on Route 589 Racetrack Road in Berlin, Maryland. Visit them at OceanDowns.com or give them a call at 410 410- 641-0600. Once again, it's Racing Under Saddles back on track race at Ocean Downs on Sunday, July 17th. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. 
Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. All right, we're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by our good friends at Bet America. Mike Bozich, alongside of Mike Carter. Mike Carter is now joining us on the program. Michael, how are you, sir? <laughs> Not doing too bad. Uh, finally, uh, finally getting back. I appreciate you guys bearing with me uh, to be a little bit late. No, no problem. We've uh, listen. We've already talked to George Ting. We've already talked to Jimmy Tactor. The hype is continuing, Mike Carter. It's continuing with the uh, the Big Ben Franklin, and uh, it's not going to stop. Not until that race goes off. It's going to be going on on social media. And uh, right now, we're joined uh, by uh, one of the cast of characters, our good friend Larry Reinheimer, trainer of Freaky Feet Pete. Larry, how have you been? Oh, I've been pretty good. Yep, I can't complain a bit. All right. Well, listen. You've got. Uh, you've got. Uh, first of all, let's uh, let's backtrack a little bit because uh, this and you've you've been around the business a long time. You've seen a lot of races and you've seen a lot of horses uh, come and go. A lot of uh, great horses come and go throughout the years. Uh, do you ever remember a race getting as much hype as the Ben Franklin coming up on Saturday? No, I don't. I mean, I haven't. I've been around a lot of good horses too, and stuff, good horses, but I've never been around uh, any race like this coming in. Yeah, and it's unbelievable. Now, what about the collection of talent? Have you ever seen a collection of talent in a particular race as uh, is no. coming up on Saturday? No, I haven't. And like I've said, anyone could pop up in there and win it. I really feel I got a good chance, but still anyone can win that with the talent that's in there. Larry, last week in the elimination, Freaky Feed Pete put in a monster effort with almost no asking. Talk to us a little bit about that effort last week and how he came back after the race. He came back real good. He was he jogged good. He trained back good this week, so I'm real satisfied with him and the effort he put up, I mean he got on this track, he liked it and it's a good track. Now, Larry, coming up this Saturday, uh, obviously, is the Ben Franklin. You guys drew decently um, for the race. Talk to us a little bit about uh, strategy, if any. There's going to be a ton of early speed in this race. Uh, what do you expect to do? Uh, I don't know for sure. That's up to Trace when the gate folds. I don't know what's going to happen for sure. I guess there is a ton of early speed in there, and we'll see what happens. I'm not too sure what he'll do, and I never tell him what to do. And Visiting live with uh, Larry Reinheimer. And, Larry, that's pretty much a good strategy because, you know, there's a lot of times – and if you look at that particular race, and there's a, there's a little bit of a – a little bit of a curveball here, Larry, because there was a dead heat for third in one of the eliminations, and that leaves us with a field of 10. And you've got the trailer uh, always in my place, starting from post position number 10. Do you foresee the trailer uh, kind of throwing a wrench in this whole thing? Well, yeah, it makes, their, it makes the driver's strategy a lot different with the trailer. Because you've got another horse back there already that 
I mean, it just makes their strategy a little bit different going out. So, Larry, uh, what would it mean to win the Ben Franklin against uh, the likes of Always Be Mickey and um, Wiggle It Jiggle It? Yeah, it would mean the world to me. It would be the frosting on the cake. Yeah, I would say it certainly will be. I mean, it's just it's it's an unbelievable race, and uh, I'll tell you, I mean, the hype, the social media. I know you're really not too big of a social media guy, but uh, I've noticed Mary Jo kind of follows along a little bit, so she's been seeing all the the uh, the Facebook drama and the uh, Twitter drama that's been going oh, yeah. on uh, in preparation of this big race. But uh, let me throw this at you, and, and Larry, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you fill in the blank here. I'm gonna let you fill in the blank. Freaky Feet Pete can win if? If we get a lot of speed and we get the right trip with him. And I think he can. If he has to go out on top, he'll go out on top. I mean, I won't know that until the gate folds. But that sounds he, good. He, he's got a lot of speed. And as far as Mary Jo on the Facebook, that leaves the people <laughs> back home to know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, 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 well, I got to tell you, yeah, listen, listen, I got to tell you both uh, because of the show, Mike Carter and I are pretty active and on the Facebook and the social media. And I got to tell you, this race has got to be the most talked about. I've been in the business for 20 years. You've been in the business, uh, certainly a long time. And, uh, this race has probably been the most talked about that I could remember in 20 years in the business. Well, that's why with me. It's the most talked about race that I can remember to I just, just can't believe it that there's three Indiana bred horses going up against head to head. And that's what I'm gonna leave you with, Larry. The Indiana bred the Indiana program and about yeah. uh, gosh, what is it now? About twelve, thirteen, fourteen years ago maybe already that slots came to Indiana and uh it's it's been unbelievable. Uh, the the uh, effect that expanded gaming has had uh, to that program, hasn't it? Yep, it has. Larry, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Best of luck to you on Saturday. We're so looking forward to this big race. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, that was Larry Reinheimer, trainer, Freaky Feet Pete. Mike, uh, he's a man of few words, but I'll tell you, you can kind of hear the emotion in his voice, how uh, much this race means to him coming up on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. I didn't get a chance to talk with George or Jimmy early in the telecast, obviously, because uh, I wasn't here. But, you know, this race is getting so much hype on social media all over the place. I mean, the news station went out and interviewed Larry Reinheimer, got some great shots of Freaky Feet Pete. Mike, this is a race of a lifetime right here. Yeah, no question about it. Well, listen, Mike, uh, we've got a lot going on on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, and uh, we've got the owner of Mel Mera, Robert Cooper, uh, going to be joining us here on the program, and uh, he'll talk about uh, his post-draw one. He'll talk about his elimination race, his chances in the big race. Also, we have uh, our Running Aces segment coming up. Our good friend Darren Gagne had a chance to sit down with uh, Rick McGee and uh, going to uh, talk about uh, some of the action going up there at Running Aces. Plus, we've got Jen Starr coming up at uh, 745, and Jen's going to talk about all the going-ons, Mike. There's a lot of going-ons at Pocono. Pete Rose is going to be there, my friend. Pete Rose. If I can get the mute button to work. If I I can get the mute button (laughs) to work. What did I tell you about that thing? 
<laughs> you know, I tell you, listen, you know, I wish I was going out there to meet Pete Rose. Uh, I'm a great baseball fan, and, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a lot of fun for them. They've got a lot of great stuff going on, and that's coming up uh, here in just a little bit. We'll talk with Jen Starr. Yeah, well, l- listen, will, will you let the man in the Hall of Fame? Just let the man in the Hall of Fame. I've got a rookie card, by the way, that's uh, that's uh, in pretty good condition. So uh, by all means, let the man in the Hall of Fame. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we've got uh, our good friend Robert Cooper, uh, the owner of Mel Mary. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Hello, this is Kayla Strah, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest-growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. BetAmerica covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to BetAmerica receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the BetAmerica way. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program. Great moments are born from great opportunity. Wiggle it, jiggle it, now resurgence to take the lead by a length. Inside state treasurer, outside fading is always at my place. Wiggle it, jiggle it, answer that challenge. And that's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. Top of the stretch, Mel Mara, and always be Mickey, still battling it out here, and always be Mickey takes over the lead with a burst of speed. Now watch the timer. Always be Mickey lights it up in 147 even world record. You were meant to be here tonight. Freaky CT pacing away and hiding now. He's out by five. On the inside, some room from Rock and Roll World. Outside is Sunfire Blue Chip, but Freaky CT in another dimension from these. Freaky CT by six points at the end in 147-1. This is your time. Freaky CT follows up always be Mickey with some sparks of his own here. 147 and one fifth. And that'll be a world record for the age group. This is your time. Belmera wins in 147. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Boy, we're going to have some final next week of the Ben Franklin. We're going to have some final next week in the Ben Franklin. I just had to play that again so I could hear my good friend Jim Baviglia say that. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Right now we're joined by owner Robert Cooper of Melmera who equaled the world record a couple of weeks ago at the Meadowlands against Always Be Mickey. Robert, welcome in, sir. Hey, doing, guys? Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. How you doing? We're doing fantastic, my friend, and uh, I would say you have to be doing pretty good, too. That was uh, quite an elimination race. Always be Mickey did even up the score but uh, in that elimination race, but I have to tell you, you have to be 
elated by the post draw. Or are you? Well, two weeks in a row, uh, post one in the elimination. I can't tell you we weren't nervous about the draw for the uh, final, but when they posted it, uh, I guess the lights started flashing, and uh, a lot of our uh, fellow horse owners, a lot of our friends thought we were crazy for the uh, for posting up the 30000 supplement, but uh, we felt a lot better after we got the one. Now, Robert, Melmera drew very well again this week, and he kind of set the fractions his own way uh, uh, in elimination. What do you expect Melmera to get? Wait, hold on. You, you may be cutting out a little bit. Um, yeah, I know you, you, we talked about Mel in the elimination. Um, last week, uh, you know, Mel was off for three weeks. Um, he only had a soft qualify. Everybody thought it was a real big qualify in 49, but it really wasn't. And uh, we didn't expect to go into a uh, speed duel with uh, Mickey. Uh, in fact, uh, Corey was trying to grab up on Mel to let Mickey go, but Mickey uh, was rearing out, you know, bolting into the right lane, and uh, Dave was yelling. So we had no no uh, option. You know, Corey had to let him out and, you know, pace down, you know, pace around, the, you, know, you know, back to the half, go down three-quarters of one t- 119. That's, that's pretty tough, tough fractions. Now, Robert, I, I know you're a kind of a social media guy, especially on Facebook. You kind of keep an eye. Have you, uh, in your years in the business, um, as a fan and and as an owner, do you remember uh, any kind of race getting this much hype as the Ben Franklin is? Well, you got to realize years ago there was no social media, but um, this reminds me back in the late '70s. If you guys are around, uh, <laughs> there was something called the Roosevelt Raceway International Trot, where uh, you know, it did get huge publicity, not only in the U.S., but around, uh, you know, a few different countries. They had uh, horses come in, and, uh, you know, it had some TV coverage. But, um, you know, those days, Roosevelt had 60,000 people in the grandstand and uh, great newspaper coverage. But really, nothing – I think this race uh, tops that. I, I, I don't see anything like – you know, every Facebook, every social media, every website is covering this race. And, um you know, it really is bringing out the best in harness racing. Now, now Robert, I, I got to say real quick, I got to joke with Bozich for a second. I think Bozich was around in the 60s. No, <laughs> totally kidding with that. But, uh, so Robert, uh, I'm going to steal this question from Bozich. Um, and we've asked George Teague, we've asked Jimmy Tector, um, and we've asked Larry Reinheimer. We're going to ask you the same thing. Uh, Phil, Mel Merrill Wait, you're just cutting out a little bit there on that phone. Maybe you could read the question. Um, sorry about that. Yeah, no, the question is uh, Mel Mera wins if. Well, we're looking for Mel uh, three, just three weeks ago. He paced his last half in 52, world record 47. Nobody realizes that was on a good track in the slop, and it was effortless. When I say effortless, maybe Corey urged him on twice, so there was nobody near him. We beat Mickey by two, two-and-a-half lengths. All we're looking for is Mel to uh, turn the clocks back three weeks ago, and uh, he'll he'll show up and, and give you a performance like that. That night, we feel we could have gone probably 46 and a piece if uh, Corey knew that that clock was going to stop in 47. You know, that's one of the things about this business, Robert, and it seems like, especially from a, a gambler and a racing fan point of view, it's it's almost like they take the – 
uh, attitude of what have you done for me lately, and quickly people get on horses bandwagons, and quickly people get off of horses bandwagons. And uh, Mel Mara was the talk of the town a couple of weeks ago. Now this time it's uh, always be Mickey with that great performance and freaky feet, Pete. Uh, for those people that have jumped off the Mel Mara bandwagon, what do you, what can you say to them? Well, you know, you can't base a horse. It was last week. He didn't race bad. He, you know, like it, like I said at the beginning, he was off three weeks. He had an easy qualified out. We weren't looking to uh, pace in 147 last week. Uh, we thought the eliminations probably would go in 48 apiece, maybe even as much as 49. We didn't think everybody would be all out, but it turned out to be a speed fest. It wasn't his kind of race. And uh, listen, Mickey uh, is a great horse, but uh, we beat him uh, once by two and a half lengths within the last three weeks. And uh, the race before that, we battled that. It was a great battle down the stretch. We went by him. He came back. We went by him. He came back. He, You know, Mickey won. Congratulations to him. But uh, we think we're competitive. I mean, uh, I don't see any reason why Mel can't be competitive with Mickey. Uh, you know, Wiggle and Jiggle, best horse in the country, of course, uh, uh, Mr. Teague did a great job and has done an immaculate job with that horse but it's a horse race nobody knows what's going to happen and that's one of the things, you know, I've looked at this race uh, probably a hundred different times now or a hundred times now, and you just really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you've got uh, nine horses across and ten on the uh, and uh, ten in the hole. And that's another thing, too, Robert, uh, the trailer. Now, we had a dead heat for third in one of the eliminations, which means that now this race becomes a ten-horse race. Do you think, and maybe not so much from your perspective because you're going to be from post one, but do you think maybe from uh, these guys – like Freaky Feet Pete starting from six and always be Mickey starting from seven, that this uh, trailer could play a little bit of a factor. Yeah, on a 5-H track, uh, 10 horses, there's going uh, to be traffic. I mean, how could there not be? Uh, people are going to have to get moving early, and um, if they want to get into the race, they're going to have to pull early. And uh, I can't imagine uh, this uh, half being uh, – it has to be with a 52. I uh, this race is not going 53, 55. There's a 52 half race, and uh, the horse that's the best is going to fly home. Uh, hopefully, uh, it'll be ours. But um, this race sets up for a lot of movement in the race, and uh, not just somebody just walking off with the win. I personally don't see any way, and I've had this debate with a thousand people now over the last couple of days. I don't see how this race goes over 147, to be perfectly honest with you. I think this is an easy under 147. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Rain can play a factor. I know I think there's a small chance of it. Uh, and that's the last question we'll leave you with. Uh, rain, would that uh, help or hurt Melmara? Well, Mel uh, broke his world record. Well, I did break. He tied the world record in a, on a sloppy and then a good track uh, just three weeks ago, 52-2 back half, uncontested, no urging. Um, so I have to believe he likes a little wet track. But uh, bottom line is we believe in Dylan Davis. We believe in Corey Callan, and most important, we believe in Mel Mara. Robert, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, best of luck to you Saturday. It's going to be an awesome, awesome race. Yeah, we agree, and uh, listen, thanks for having me on, and uh, I agree, this is the race of the century. Robert, maybe we'll be having the victory celebration next week. <laughs> Open. All right, guys. Thank have you, Have a buddy. good night. Take care. All right, that was uh, Robert Cooper, owner of uh, Mel Mara, and uh, Mike, I got to tell you, I have to tell you, and I've thought about this, and, and uh, I'm going Saturday. 
Okay, I'm going to make the trek up Saturday, and I've got a room, and I'm going to be uh, coming back Sunday morning. But uh, I've thought long and hard about this, and I wanted to get some audio, maybe wanted to get some sound bites, wanted to do this and wanted to do that. But i got to tell you something, Mike. I think what I'm going to do, and you know the media coverage, especially the, the you know inside harness racing, the media coverage is going to be outside the roof. I think I'm going to uh, find a corner somewhere with a good view, and uh, stand there with my wife and my four-year-old son and uh, just watch this race because personally, as a fan, and because personally, you'll never know when you're going to see a race of this magnitude again. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, I, I really, really wish I could get out if it wasn't Cleveland from Classic. I would totally be there. But, you know, it, it's just going to be a race of a lifetime. That's really all I can really say. I mean, you know, uh, Larry Colmus uh, used uh, a horse of a lifetime in Breeders' Cup Classic with American Pharaoh. My, by far in harness racing history is a race of a lifetime, and I, for one, cannot wait to see it. Jen Starr is on deck. She's going to be joining us from Pocono. She's the marketing, uh, the racing marketing director. She's going to be talking about all the going-ons. Not only, you know, a lot of people forget, Mike, not only the Ben Franklin, but it is a huge car in top to bottom, and they have lots of going-ons. We'll talk to Jen Starr right after this. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Every dream has a start, and this one is ours. To trot and pace fast, faster than all the others, and maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks, return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion Share that experience with others and be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. 
Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by Jen Starr from Pocado Downs. And, Jen, you guys have a great, great, great weekend of live racing coming up. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what's going on at the uh, at, at Pocono this weekend. Well, I have to tell you, when you were describing what you're going to be doing on Saturday night, you know, just sitting back and chilling and watching the race of the decades, I have to tell you that I got tears in my eyes because – I just think that the the emotion is just overwhelming about these horses and this this race and this whole card on Saturday night. I think everybody is just talking about it, and and that's what's exciting about the sport and and about harness racing in the future and and about this weekend. We are so looking forward to this wonderful wonderful night of racing from Big Saturday. It's just going to be a great great night. Well, it certainly but, is, Jen Star. Uh, you know what? And I got to interrupt you because. I was going to tell you that, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find a corner for that particular race, uh, maybe up somewhere by the patio, uh, maybe up by uh, Jimmy's booth up there, and and uh, you know just uh, with my little ones sit there and watch the race because uh, who knows when a race of this magnitude is going to uh, uh, come around again. So I'm going to hide from you and Ricky and Jim, and and don't put me to work this Saturday because uh, <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> Listen, even if Pete Rose comes looking for you, you're going to be hiding? Well, no, because I have a rookie Pete Rose card. I might try to uh, get him to sign that. But uh, listen, Jen, you've got Pete Rose there. You've got lots of going on. Why don't you tell us about what's going on Saturday? Terrific. We kick off the day with Pete Rose. He's 4 till 6 o'clock in the racing lobby, and he'll be there for photos and autographs. And we have an authorized photo that we'll hand you at the signing. Now, you do have to get your wristband a little bit earlier at 1 o'clock. But we've got lots of wristbands, and Pete is really good with autographs. He does, you know, breathe through the line, and he's very cordial with his fans, so that's very exciting. And don't forget to grab your racing program starting at 5 o'clock. Now, they are on sale earlier, but at 5 o'clock, they go on sale, and there's going to be a coupon in the program. And you could go and redeem that coupon starting at 8.30 till 10 o'clock at night and get your own trotter. You know, we're not talking about a full-size trotter, but a stuffed horse trotter. And it's got the Earl Beale Jr. Memorial Trot Saddle cloth on it. So that'll be your little souvenir of the night, and that's while supplies last. So that's on top of the racing. I hope you guys bring your appetites because we've we've got plenty of bars with ice-cold beverages and soft drinks sit out on the apron. And one thing I do want to mention about Pocono is we always have free parking and free admission. So if you're coming to the races – it literally costs you the cost of a program to come out and watch the, the races. And, I mean, for a night like Saturday night, how, how incredible is that to see a card like that for possibly the price of a program? 
Yeah, definitely, Jen. And uh, you know that that's what makes this that you know that's what makes like these so exciting. There, there's no admission. There's no parking mm-hmm. fees. You you just got to buy a program, and even even you know it, just to come watch the race and see how spectacular uh, this race is going to be. Now you've got a full stakes card that night, but Jen, talk to us a little bit about the media exposure that this race has gotten. I've seen snippets everywhere from the USTA. I think uh, Larry Reinheimer uh, did an interview with one of the local news stations. Talk to us about what the media has been like throughout this whole thing. Well, just, uh, you know, speaking of Larry, and it's been an absolute pleasure to have been in his company and Mary Jo's company this week, two local TV stations and the local newspaper have interviewed them in like two days. So they are just kind of like one of the spotlights of this weekend because they are on the property. And before that, you know, last weekend, the local press was out in full force just taking a look at this. But I think during the week, the buildup has been phenomenal. I mean, you cannot, you cannot go on social media without seeing some tweet, something on Instagram, something on Facebook, somebody's opinion about this race. And I think this is thrill of a lifetime for me to see so much activity and so many people talking about it. And I know you both of you, Mike, will agree this is great to see and hear. I mean, this is just opening this sport up to a lot more fans and a lot more excitement. And I hope this actually translates into a lot more fans coming out to see the race in person on Saturday night, which will be a big thrill for all of us at Pocono. Visiting with Jen Starr, the marketing, uh, the racing marketing director at uh, Pocono. Uh, Jen, first of all, have you seen a weather forecast? Are we going to be clear that night? The latest forecast I have seen looks pretty phenomenal, knock on wood. So highs in the low 80s and low humidity, and I think that's the recipe for a perfect day and night. And let's just cross our fingers and hope it stays like that. And I think that makes for a fast track, a lightning fast track, and a perfect race night for everybody to sit outside and watch. And I do want to mention one more thing about the fans on Saturday, if I may, Mike. Um, I wanted everybody to come out and and make a sign, a poster, a T-shirt, write on your T-shirt, write down your arm if you want, your favorite in the Franklin. And and it could be whoever you like, whether you want to get your freak on or you're going to be wiggling it or you think Mickey is so fine or I don't know if you want to go give him hell now, whatever you like, write it, show it, display it, because when that race starts, we want everybody to show their posters, their signs, hold everything up high, and cheer on what promises to be the race of the decades. Well, I will tell you, if there is not a world record a world record in this race, uh, granted, of course, we need dry conditions, which we should have. If there's not a world record in this race, I will be very, very surprised. Jen, we certainly appreciate you joining us on the program. Uh, you do a fantastic job over there. And uh, real quick, before we let you go, we're not going to let you go without getting your thoughts on the race. Who do you like to win? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> you could stay neutral you know, if you want. I, I've agonized over this for days, and, and I have to say that, I, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, a fierce battle to the wire between Wigglet and um, Freaky Feed Pete, and I think it's going to be Pete by a nose. You heard it here. You heard it first, Mike. Right here. You you heard that. Oh. 
There we go. Well, Jen, listen, before I come up there, I'm going to make a, a stop at the ATM machine, and we'll see if you're right. All right. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. Thank you so thank you so much, Jen. Appreciate it. That was Jen Starr, the marketing, uh, the racing marketing director at Mohegan Sun at Pocono. Do you see any way, do you see any fathomable way that this race goes over 147? I don't. No, I, I think that this race um, goes less than 147. In fact, I told Dave B and Cody here at Northfield um, last week, I think this race goes in 45 and 4. And that, I know, is uh, stepping out on a big, big limb. But always be Mickey and Freaky Feet Pete. Neither one were tested last week. I mean, everybody took their shot at Wiggle It Jiggle It. I think he's got some something left in the tank. And uh, Mike, I think this uh, type of race uh, it's a little bit of a contest. What do you think? Well, listen, they all have the ability to do it, in my opinion. At least the big three do. Um, and obviously, I think every, uh, depending on the trip, I think every one of these horses uh, can come close to accomplishing that task. But one thing that I really, really believe, and that's why I made it a point in my bullet points, uh, Mike, to make sure I asked these guys, uh, the trailer, in my opinion, the trailer, assures that this race is going to be is going to have ample movement and listen you get your fast races when you have ample movement i don't think there's going to be any sitting i don't think there's going to be any cozy quarters and nice uh, friendly quarters here this is going to be a war from the word go to the time they hit the finish line and that's why and, you know and i know we've got a great talented group believe me we've talked about how great and talented this group is mike but you know, I think that the reason that this race has so much attention and so much allure is because of the way the race potentially sets up. It's going to be a war from start to finish, and I think that's what's uh, part of the allure of this race, Mike. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with that statement, and, you know, everybody is going to, uh, you know, everybody's going to take shots at the other. That's that's the great thing about this race. I don't and so uh it'll it'll definitely be interesting well mike we're going to take a quick time out we're going to hear from our guys at running aces uh darren gagne talked with rick mcgee and owner michaela is that Del- help me out here michaela michaela de geese michaela de geese we're going to hear from them uh from running aces when we come back after that though we are going to talk about we're going to break down We're also going to talk about the Cleveland Trotting Classic coming up at Northfield Park. Still lots of great information to come up here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We'll be right back. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is one of the premier harness racing facilities and card clubs in the Midwest. Located in beautiful Minnesota, just north of the Twin Cities, off I-35, and also available at simulcast outlets and ADWs across North America with live harness racing action May through September. For the full schedule and for more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Here are the highlights from the past week of racing action at Running Aces. On Saturday night, the $9,000 A division of three-year-old Minnesota Sired Pacers went to the ultra-sharp Freedom Reigns for four in a row, taking another new lifetime arc of 153-3 and three with Tim Mayer in the sulky. 
In the $6,000 B Division of 3-year-old Minnesota Sired Pacers, the gelding Syrax posted his first lifetime parimutuel win in 158-3 with driver Brian Deachin. Also on Saturday, the $11,000 Open Trot went to Margin Call, who has worked his way up through the ranks by winning his last four races. He's now the top trotter at running aces this week after posting a 156-1 lifetime best in the Open Trot with trainer driver Rick McGee. On Sunday, the three-year-old Minnesota Sired's uh, trotters were back in action, and it was the winning dollar in Nick Rowland remaining invincible in the Geldings Trot, now a perfect 4-for-4 four four on the season after taking the $7,500 split. On the Philly side, it was Bombshell Betty, driven this week by Steve Wiseman, who posted her second consecutive win in the $7,500 Philly Minnesota Sired three-year-old trot. Also on Sunday, the featured $11,000 open pace went to Officer and a Gentleman with Brian Deachin in the Sulky in 153-2. On Tuesday night, the Minnesota Sired two-year-olds took center stage, making their debut at Running Aces with Zachariah's Honor and Royal Roland establishing a track mark of 159 for two-year-old pacing Colts in the first division. In the second division of two-year-old pacers, it was Okie Dokie with driver Rick McGee taking that split in 159-3. and three. Then on the two-year-old trotting side, it was the Philly Silent Dreams with Dean McGee in the sulky who defeated the boys in her $14,000 two-year-old Minnesota trot race. And the Tuesday night feature, the Mayor's Open, went to Flick Up Live for the second time in a row. She paced in 154-3 and three on Tuesday night, taking the Mayor's Open with Rick McGee in the sulky. It's Darren Gagne here at Running Aces, and today I am sitting down with a gentleman who is currently second in the driver and trainer standings this season at Running Aces, and he sports a huge trainer winning percentage over 31% currently. That's very impressive. He's also the second all-time driver and trainer here at Running Aces by wins and purses, and his last name is synonymous with harness racing in the Midwest. I want to welcome to the program Mr. Rick McGee. Thank you. Welcome, Rick. Now, tell us about how you personally got started in harness racing. I know you have a big harness racing family. You're related to Dave McGee and, of course, and Dean McGee. And you, and tell me how you grew up and in, the, in a harness racing family and how you started. Well, you know, it's just I've been around it my whole life, so I just kind of was drawn to it, you know. My dad trained, worked for uh, his uncle Elwood and what was your dad's name? My dad was Kevin. Kevin McGee. Yeah. And so you grew up in Wisconsin. Yep. And so you raced Wisconsin fairs and where else? Yep, Wisconsin fairs and Upper Michigan fairs where I started out. And then I started going to Prairie Meadows and just kind of then I ventured east for a while and hit a lot of the tracks out east. Cool. Now, this is a tough question, and we always have to ask pretty much everybody we interview. What is a favorite horse that you've been associated with over the years? And I know it's a lot of horses over the years, but can you pick one or two out? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I've you know I've been around some nice horses. Um, margin call is probably you know at the top of the list. He's really sharp right now, and he's he's a nice horse to drive. Um, like Blazing Fury pops into my mind. She was a nice open mare here for a lot of years one that I trained. And she raced here at Running Aces? Yep. And was a Minnesota sired? Right, she was a Minnesota bred, yep. I trained her for Van Otter Lewis for, I think, three years. Okay, great. Now, 
do you like training horses better or driving horses better or both about the same? Um, I like them both. Um, I like training the, I like training baby trotters. They're, it's a lot challenging, of challenging, right? Challenge, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's. But that's what makes it fun, trying yeah, to figure figure them out, and you know. So you're involved in the breeding side of, as well. Right. We've got we've got a few brood mares at home, and. Uh, so you have a couple of brood mares that are in full. Yep. A couple in full. We got a couple babies coming up that'll be. So that's exciting. That's one of the most exciting parts of harness racing. Uh, it's so much fun working with the babies, right? And then you never know what you're going to get. Right, yeah. Hopes are hopes are high. Hopes are always very high. Now, how many horses do you currently have in your stable? Uh, we've got nine right now. Nine horses here at Running Aces? Yep. yep. And now you have several horses for owner Michaela Delgadis, and she is here with us as well. And I'm going to bring her into the conversation because I want to talk about Margin Call, who you mentioned just a moment ago. This horse has won four straight races, and he's worked his way up through the condition level ranks into the Open, and he won the Open this week in a new lifetime mark of 156-1, and one. so two lifetime marks in, in about a week's period yeah. for that horse. Michaela, welcome to the program as well. Thank you. What can you tell us about this horse? Because I know that you put, gave a little bit of background information about this horse on Facebook, and it was a very interesting story. So if you could share that with us, it would be great. Margin's been a pretty big project for us, which is why it's so rewarding that we're seeing some success with him now. Um, Rick had seen him as a weanling and tried to buy him then, and the owners wouldn't sell him, so he followed him all the way to the Delaware sale and bought him there as a yearling. And uh, at two, he didn't make it to the races. At three, he wore four different shoes and was training really well but could never put it all together in a race. Um, At four, he graduated to two different shoes and now finally at five he's got all the same shoes on so it's been a big process but he's really come along and he's coming to his own now he's really sharp now you also mentioned that he was really ornery when you were starting out with him is that correct yeah we actually he was sold to us as a gelding but he ended up being a ridgling so that's why he didn't make it at two um and he would bite and strike and kick all the time he was pretty unmanageable but the patience has paid off with this guy right So he's racing very good. And you have another one, Margin Deco, who is racing very well also. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about that one? That is Margin Call's um, little brother. They're out of the same mare, and he's really he's a little bit better gated, a little bit more of a natural. Um, we've been really lucky with him, but not as much raw talent. I would right. Say. Okay, well, I, I, all we can say is we're all in awe of Margin Call, four in a row now, and we'll see what happens going forward. Now, what is you guys' favorite thing about racing here at Running Aces? What can you tell me about that? Um, I would have to say all the fans, and the fans are just We get good crowds out here, don't we? Exciting, people are cheering and yelling, and what else? I would have to say the horsemen, too. You know, there's just a real sense of camaraderie. Everyone is supporting everyone and wants others to do well, and I took that for granted until I traveled to other tracks, and it's not always like that. A lot of people say that, so it's like a community here. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, any horses in your stable that we might want to keep an eye on coming up in the next coming weeks? Um, well, Wisconsin Believer qualified really well. Um, I expect her to to do some good things here going forward. So. Right. We talked about that. Wisconsin Believer, she really looked good in the qualifiers. She paced home in 27 and changed the last quarter. Now, she had her first race of the year tonight, and she didn't shame herself. She was on the front end for a good portion of the time, right? Um, 
correct? No, she no, was not. not she was from, not. That's my that. mistake. You were on in the back of the pack, so you were not, almost ten lengths back at the three quarters, and she only lost the race by three lengths. Yeah. So I would say yeah. she definitely made a good showing of herself right. tonight. Yeah, she's she's a lot better than that. We've got a few few kinks to straighten out yet, but she's absolutely with every horse, right? Yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> All right, so we'll look at that one going forward, and we'll continue to hopefully see uh, good things from Margin Call and Margin Deco and. Want to wish you both good luck in the future here at Running Aces. Congratulations on all the success so far this year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And coming up this weekend at Running Aces on Saturday, the $11,000 Open Trot features Margin Call defending his title in search of his fifth win in a row for trainer driver Rick McGee and owner Michaela Delgadis. He faces five rivals, including the return of Flame On for Mark Anderson and Dean McGee and a newcomer, Big Expense, coming in from Hawthorne for trainer Larry Coleman and driver Mooney Swenson. Also on Saturday, the $8,000 condition trot is another nice contest for the square-gated rivals with track record holder Trot Fudge Sunday installed as the morning line favorite with Rick McGee driving. He'll face off against five others, including Low Rail Crossing with Nick Rowland and Where's the Clicker with Dean McGee. On Sunday, Jasmanian Devil with Mooney Swenson returns in the $11,000 open pace as he takes on five foes in search of his fourth consecutive win in a row and 11th win of the year. Chief challengers this week will be Ideal Art with Steve Wiseman aboard and Bunker Hill Bill with Jerry Longo. Also on Sunday, a very nice group of conditioned horse and gelding pacers will square off going for $9,500, including multiple track record holder Link Jack Hanover with Rick McGee and officer and a gentleman with Tim Mayer, who's fresh off a win in the open. Plus, I'm an athlete with Nick Rowland and four more very talented contenders on Sunday night. Post time on Saturday is 6 p.m. Sunday. Post time, 6 p.m. Central as well. And Tuesday night post time at Running Aces, 7 p.m. Central. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is one of the premier harness racing facilities and card clubs in the Midwest. Located in beautiful Minnesota, just north of the Twin Cities, off I-35, and also available at simulcast outlets and ADWs across North America with live harness racing action May through September. For the full schedule and for more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Our good friends at Running Aces. Uh, I forgot I put that little commercial at the end for him, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, trying to interrupt uh, and get in there with uh, Darren, but uh, a great interview uh, with uh, Mate- uh, Michaela Delgadis and uh, the owner and uh, Rick McGee, who's been around for quite a while, trainer driver, uh, is uh, synonymous, obviously, the name McGee with harness racing. My goodness, you've got Dave and, and Brother Dean, who's driving up there uh, uh, pretty uh, darn good, back and forth uh, from the Chicagoland area, and Dave. Of course, who I grew up watching, one of my favorite drivers of all time. Um, actually, Mike, he was the driver at Maywood Park of my biggest trifecta cash of all time, Mike. Can you believe that? From the eight hole at Maywood Park. <laughs> On a half mile track, anything from the eight hole is uh, is uh, a complete and total blessing to be able to win with. That's right. My biggest trifecta cash of all time, Mike, $71. All right, listen, we've got. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It paid a little bit more than seventy one dollars. I would hope it paid listen, I'd hate hope it paid more than seventy one dollars. If not, you know, I'd be I'm I'm surprised you didn't have like a show bet or something. Mm, yeah, never mind. Yeah, never mind. Well. I forgot to join you at the track that night. 
There you are. There you are. We said, but honestly, Dave McGee, one of the greatest drivers of all time, longtime Chicago, now a judge, by the way, Mike, at the Hoosier Park, uh, down there with uh, our good friend uh, Emily Gasket and Steve Cross and company. Uh, listen, Mike, this is it. Uh, let's talk about the stable.ca for a second before we get into the big races, because this is it. We've talked about this fantasy stable and this promotion that the stable.ca is running. And this is it, Mike. Today is June 30th. You have about, uh, let's see, what about the three hours and 45 minutes to get your picks in, yeah, Mike? Because hours. after that, that's it. Yeah, no, th- this is a great time to get in on the stable.ca game. I know I have a stable. Mike, did you – you got to create one. You know what? Maybe that'll be, in you know, maybe we can get with uh, how our hordes are doing, and maybe we compete against one another and uh, – you know, we'll figure that up. But, you know, I created my stable. Uh, I've got my four horses. And I know uh, TJ Burkett has got his four horses, his four horses. So get on, get on it while you can. It's about 3 hours and 45 minutes away, now 44 minutes away from ending. And you don't want to miss out on this. This is a uh, something good that the stable.ca is doing. Thousand and uh, and uh, buy into a couple of horses. It is a $10,000 uh, stable.ca fantasy stable contest, by the way. And Anthony Max sent a, uh, an email uh, for everybody. Uh, and just to paraphrase this email real quick before we get back into the races, Mike, uh, entrance in the contest, which is free of charge, by the way. It don't cost you a dime. Uh, you just have to go to the stable.ca. But you have to pick four horses, like you said, Mike, on uh, from the uh, stable.ca roster of two-year-olds. And then you have to predict the total purse money won by the entire stable. The stable with the highest purse money by October 28th. So this goes on a little bit. By October 28th, will win $6,000 with $3,000 to second and 1000 to third. All ties will be broken by the total purse number. Entries will be accepted by midnight. So this is it. I mean, you're down. If you haven't gotten in uh, to the stable.ca fantasy draft, level, you are down to the final couple of hours. Hundreds of entries have poured in from all over the world in the past week, according to the stable.ca's Anthony McDonald, who said the contest was devised to attract new interest in horse racing and to show people from all walks of life how exciting and affordable uh, fractional ownership can be. It gives a, a couple of quotes from him. Um, and uh, that was in the press release. So we won't uh, take any time with that, but Uh, As the roster of two-year-olds begin their racing careers on the track, McDonald said the Stable.ca has some big news coming later in the summer, Mike. So uh, you want to stay tuned to the Stable.ca. And here's his quote. Now, I'll read Anthony's quote on this. We have huge announcements coming out over the next 10 weeks, and we are really excited about what the future holds for the Stable.ca. We couldn't have done this without the financial support of Blue Chip Farms. Big high five to Blue Chip Farms. Diamond Creek Farms high five to them. Woodbine Entertainment and the Meadowlands Racetrack, high five to them. People don't realize how many organizations are working to promote this industry, and we here at the Stable.ca appreciate the investment put forward uh, by these companies. So absolutely, your clock is running out. You've got, uh, oh my goodness, you've got three and a half hours. And I'm going to tell you what, there's not going to be any drag on this thing, Mike. I got a feeling once midnight clicks, you're done. So you better get to it. You better get your four horses. You better peruse the website and uh, get yourself a chance to win uh, that $6,000, Mike. That could be a nice Christmas uh, uh, bonus for somebody. Yeah, definitely. Listen, I hope it's a Christmas bonus for me. Well, Mike, let's uh, let, let's switch gears a little bit. We got a big, got a big week of live racing coming up at Northfield Park and Pocono Downs. And uh, if you don't mind, I want to start with Northfield. It's uh, real quick, and we, uh, there's just a couple of things I want to look at. But uh, if I'm waiting on you, to 
program hope you got it um and flip to race number 10 and you're going to see a name that uh coming up at northfield that you should know well, I have, I, have, I have to get there, too, my friend. I'm, I'm scrolling through the show log and everything else. You know, it's not like the old days where you'd have all these papers in front of you. Now you got to scroll. And where are we talking about? Race 10? Race number 10. Tell me as soon as it jumps off the page at you. Um, hmm. Let's see. Has he made over $7 million? <laughs> that he has. It's the great champion foiled again. He's in the open page for $20,000 Northfield Park. He's with the rest of the field. And uh, it's a big field of nine, Mike. And the horse that drew the outside is Scott Rocks, has been absolutely dominating at Pocono. Um, he's won two of his last five, finished second to Rock Eyed Optimist this week, who is no slouch. This is uh, Dave Pallone is coming up to drive, Mike. That uh, doesn't happen very often. So this race is set up to be a very good race. And foiled again, drew post three. I think he's going to have a good shot. Well, listen, when you've got the mile track, and or the half-mile track, rather, and you've got Northfield Park, that post they can be a great equalizer. And obviously this horse has been uh, outstanding. I mean, finished second at Rock Eyed Optimist uh, at uh, Pocono Downs last week and uh, has just been fantastic, been battling with uh, some of the good paces in the game. I see Better's Edge down there. Foiled again has uh, been the same. The 12-year-old Angels one's looking for his first win of the year. My good friend Brett Boyd's got one in here, Mike. Yeah, I don't know if you know Brett, but uh, – Best in the business uh, is uh, down in post two. I don't know how he's going to match up against these, but one horse I do want to mention, Mike, that you may just want to uh, stick in your back pocket is uh, Stonebridge Adam and uh, Trevor Henry's uh, coming in to drive this one. I saw this horse race last week at the uh, Harris Philly and this horse was involved in a very fast quarter yielded. I was able to come back to uh outlast can be zipper who was knifing through traffic there towards the end to just miss so you might want to keep an eye on stonebridge adam there from post five especially if you're looking for somebody to fill out the ticket and other sources got a lot of speed and and uh, could be uh, up close to the front in that particular race yeah definitely that's a uh that's uh this race is it could set up a couple of different ways so it'll be interesting to see what happens but the big one is race 11 mike it's the two twenty. Cleveland Trotting Classic. It goes for $180,000. Obrigado finished second last year um, in the Cleveland Trotting Classic. It was the inaugural division, and uh, he dropped the rail tonight. Homicide is coming off a very big effort in the maturity at the Meadows. Then it, you look down to post three, and you see our old friend, Shake It Carry, who's coming in. El Sonio Dream. Muscle up the gold. Just set a world record in field on Battle of Lake Erie night. And uh, you've got like old times with the outside who set the track record two weeks ago uh, for a four-year-old mare trotter. Mike Tishrace is a loaded field, if you ask me. Yeah, a little bit of a shame that uh, this had to go against, uh, and it, like I said, luck of the draw, but this had to go against the Ben Franklin because this might have been the uh, the uh, great race of the night. I mean, and it still is going to be a fantastic race. I mean, you've got a lot of the great age trotters in this particular race, and, and the Shake It Carry, of course, is certainly one of them. Uh, and uh, this horse made a break right at the start at the Maxi Lee, Mike, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, early breakers there at the Maxi Lee. Uh, and uh, allowed Abrogado to get the job done there. But Il Sonio Dream Race, huge in that particular race, finished second just missing Abrogado. And uh, I think, um, you know, the half mile really suits this horse fantastic, in my opinion. How about Maestro Blue Chip? I mean, this is a horse for our good friend, uh, Joanne Looney King, who's just been outstanding, draws post six. And my man, the V. You know Vic Kirby. He's coming out to drive that particular horse. And you've got Homicide Hunter from the inside, another uh, – 
fantastic course uh, with uh, Dave Pallone driving. So this is a fantastic race, Mike. It's a great race, and uh, it's one that uh, certainly you could kind of catch uh, in between the big races at Pocono, Mike. Fantastic race. Yeah, definitely. And the one big thing to note here is Aaron Merriman picked off Shake and Carry. That's big big news. I mean, he drives muscle up the goal for Chris Beaver uh, on a regular basis, but he did pick off Shake and Carry, and Ronnie Wren Jr. picked up the mount. So, uh, you know, that just tells you what kind of confidence that uh, Aaron has in muscle up the goal. This is not going to be an easy race to win, and I got a feeling they're going to probably go somewhere in the nature of 52, 51, something along those lines. And muscle up the goal has proven to like Murfield Park. So Aaron's taking a little bit of a uh, chance here, but who knows, Mike, if the pace sets up correctly, uh, muscle up the goal could go down the road. I'm really liking Abrogato in that race. Really liking Abrogato in this race. I mean, this horse is seeing it. He's faint. He's just his form is impeccable. Um, I think he went first over to Resolve, who uh, may be the best trotter in the land right now, Mike. To be perfectly honest with you, and uh, draws the inside. The trip certainly will suit this horse. Uh, I honestly, I think the wild card in this race is El Sonio Dream because this horse can come from on or off the trot. So it's going to be interesting to see what Trevor Henry decides to do if he decides to add to this uh, deliberate speed. Um, scenario that's coming up in this race and muscle up the goal is definitely deliberate speed there's no question about what he's going to do like you said Aaron went to that horse but I really like Abrogato in this race I think Abrogato might have to come first up to win it but uh, if he doesn't land in that pocket spot but I think Abrogato could be the man here Mike this is another race actually when you have this deliberate speed and I don't know what the weather conditions are going to be in your neck of the woods come Saturday night. But I will say this, this is a race that uh, could end up with a very, very fast time because you've got the deliberate speed. You've got, if Abrogato does not get in the pocket, he's definitely coming first over, which could push this tempo even further. And you've got Shake It Carry and uh, Homicide Hunter and Maestro Blue Chip in this race. This could be a very fast race, Mike. Yeah, I completely agree. I got to think muscle up the goal is going right to the front. The inside horse, don't have a ton of early speed. Obergato has to be a tripped-out horse. So i got to think that um, Obergato and Mark McDonald are going to kind of let uh, Muscle Up the Goal go. The question is, how fast is the halftime going to be for Muscle Up the Goal? If Muscle Up the Goal can ration out the speed, um, it could play into his favor. you got to look two starts back when he did that last. He went in the Charlie Hill Memorial at Scioto. He went 27-1, 57-3. Right back with them, twenty-five and three. Uh, you know, slowed in the final quarter, come home in twenty-eight and two, but lost again to Obrigado at Natural Herbie. I gotta think that if Obrigado gets the trip from the pocket, I think he will. Obrigado could win this race. I think he can win pocket uh, and or first over. And uh, I'll tell you right now, if uh, I think this race is either going to be won from a grinding first over or a second over position. That's going to be my key. Um, Obergata, maybe if he doesn't get the pocket, will be grinding first over. I think the second over journey goes to Shake It Carry. I don't really like Shake It Carry in this spot, so my pick is going to be Obergata. Nail it down to one, Mike. Who do you think? Give me one. Give me one horse. Give you one horse. I'm going with – man, go with one horse. I'm going with Homicide Hunter. That's interesting. Two, I, think, I, mm-hmm. I think Homicide Hunter, if you go back over the past couple of starts, he's, he hasn't gotten some of the best trips. But when he did trip out uh, in the Meadows Maturity, um, he won uh, easily going 
home in 28, 151 and four mile. I think he's got the speed to be there. The question is, it, can, can Pallone put him into a good position? He seemed to get along really well with Dave Pallone the last time out. So I think Homicide's got a shot here. No question. Let's move on to the Pocono card, Mike. I'll give you just a second to uh, bring that up. Um, any more at Northfield? I, I know that's uh, probably going to be a, a real good wagering card. Usually when they have a, a stakes race, they put together a solid, solid wagering card. Yeah, definitely. We've got the $10,000 guaranteed pick four. It begins in race eight. The foiled again race is included with that. So make sure you get in on that wagering action. It's, uh, it's definitely a good card. All right, let's move along to Pocono. Real quick before we do so, Mike, I do want to mention before we make the transition, there were three divisions of Pennsylvania Sire Stakes today, Mike, for three old Philly Trotters uh, at Harris, Philadelphia, and Broadway Donna, who uh, was probably the most notable name in uh, each of those three divisions, got beat today. She lost to uh, a horse by the name of Woman's Will, Julie Miller, a horse that uh, was fantastic as a two-year-old. She um, made uh, over $400,000 uh, as a two-year-old, five wins of uh, 14 starts. Uh, Matron was one of her wins. Uh, she was a fourth-place finisher in the Breeders' Crown, third-place finisher in the Goldsmith Maid. So she was able to get the job done in her third start of the year, and there was a, a pretty good race. I mean, her and Broadway Donna were coming straight down to the finish, and Woman's Will was able to, ta- was able to take advantage of the pocket trip to uh, – out sprint Broadway Donna. They went sub 155 in that race. So congratulations to the Miller connection. And before we get into the Pocono card, Mike, we've, this might be a first. We almost already have the show set up for next week, believe it or not. And we've got uh, a show that you cannot miss next week because we've got one of the greatest announcers that has ever grabbed the microphone, Larry Letterman, the one and only Larry Letterman, Mike Carter will be on this program next week. So I cannot wait for that, to be honest with you. No, no. And uh, we're, we're going to try to get Kathy Parker, a uh, long time uh, from the Horse and Fair World. She's going to be a horseman of Fair World. She'll, uh, we're going to try to swing that, uh, it's pretty sure. And uh, Helen Gregory, we're going to try to get her as well for uh, Racing Under Saddle. So we already uh, almost have our show set up for next week, by the way, Mike. That's kind of nice. Awesome. Yeah, that's uh that's that's definitely a good a good And thing it's a first. We're, uh, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're we're planning ahead. We're not scrambling on Tuesday looking for people, no. But uh like coming up in was James Lynch uh early closer uh for Pacers and I, I gotta tell you this this sets up to be an interesting race. The uh morning line is all over the place here. Queen B is the morning line favorite. But looking at the morning line, anybody can win this race. What what where are you still looking at again? It's the James Lynch Memorial. It's race number three at Pocono. Race three at Pocono. Okay, this is uh, this yeah this is uh, this is a consolation. It's a consolation. And, I, I, got, right. I got to read the word. Sorry. No, but this is this is actually a pretty good race because uh, a couple of these horses I'm pretty familiar with. I'm very familiar with Sail to the Beach, who for some reason has not been able to uh, get the win, but she's been right there in some overnights at Harris Philly, and I don't think really she had a very good trip last time against the likes of Newborn Sassy. She moves inside. I think she's got certainly a shot in here. Yankee Moonshine uh, almost went all the way, lost to Keystone Riptide, a horse who I like, by the way, Mike. And uh, Yankee Moonshine set the tempo loss as a heavy favorite there in that particular race, and she was shuffled back in her limb. So I think she's got a big shot from the inside. Call Me Queen Bee is probably the one with the most, uh, besides her and she's a real deal, probably the most credentials. 
Um, Call Me Queen B uh, finished eighth in the Olym, and she's a real deal, finished eighth in the Olym. But these were close-up eights. I mean, it's not like they were blown out of the water by 30 lengths. They lost by five lengths. So I think the the uh, the credentials, if you take it from last year with Call Me Queen B, and she's a real deal, should hold true here. And uh, I think if you throw a little bit of Yankee Moonshine and Sail to the Beach in there, I think you'll uh, be successful. Completely agree. Let's uh let's jump around the constellations here. Let's go to race nine. It's the James Lynch Memorial Final, three hundred thousand dollars on the line, and it features the likes of Newborn Sassy, who won just getting up over I said Diamonds this week in the elimination, and I said Diamonds is five to one on the morning line on the inside. You have Pure Country in this race, Darlin on the beach. Uh, Mike, this is a uh, this is an interesting race uh, because Pure Country didn't get the best start to twenty sixteen. Um, it took a little bit for her to get going. Uh, Darlin on the beach has really shown uh, shown uh, some strengths, and if you look at Pure Country, there's two wins, a second, a third, and you look at Darlin on the beach, there's uh, and just looking at the, pro- the program that we can see, three wins, a second, a third. So uh, th- I-, I think this race comes down to these two, but I said Diamonds drew very well to the inside, and I think that Kelly is going to have a position um, her well because there's a lot of speed that's going to be coming even from the outside. You know, Harness Horse Ragers, and we were talking to Robert Cooper about this, Mike, they are so what have you done for me lately. And what I'm talking about is if you look at the odds pattern of pure country, this is a horse that suffered a couple of defeats off the qualifying back on the 21st. She was 50 cents, 40 cents on the dollar. She lost the Pennsylvania side of stakes to Darlin on the beach. Then everybody kind of, you know, was anxious to crown Darlin on the beach. And then, uh, you know, then she finished second in the fan Hanover elimination to goodwill Hanover. Uh, so everybody wanted to crown her. And then she went up to two to one. I mean, she was still the favorite. But she went up to two to one, and you, you know you're you're talking about a horse that was a, a decided favorite against all these horses before, and uh, she wins the Fan Hanover in a 26 and two close in a sub 150 mile. She's back at her favoritism status, and she wins the Lynch elimination just by a neck over Blue Moon Stride, who this time is to her outside, like last time. It was three. Post three and post four last time. This time it's post seven and post eight. I think Pure Country is definitely the one to beat. You know, she's, uh, I mean, she was great as a two-year-old, obviously, perfect 10 for 10. Um, you know, she can go for on or off the pace. I think she's in a good position here to uh, pick up some good live cover. Um, you know, I said Diamonds from the inside has just been fantastic in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes. And this is a horse that was uh, outside that first quarter, was able to sweep, um, and uh, kept that steady pace going and just lost to newborn Sassy, who draws post position number three, another horse that can come from on or off the pace and uh, just was simply out finished in that fan Hanover. I mean, did not race terrible at all in that fan Hanover, but I think a race that, uh, you know, it's kind of dependent on the trip. I think she's going to need some kind of trip. Pure country, I think is the best horse in here. Um, it's going to depend highly on what Darlin on the beach does. If Darlin on the beach leaves, Pure Country will have to find some other cover. If she don't, then Pure Country perhaps can grab that cover if she does not decide to leave. But trying to figure out how these races are going to go is not necessarily the best way to go, in my opinion. I think you kind of have to go with the best horses. In my opinion, Pure Country is the best horse in here, and I think she wins the James Lynch. Now, now, 
happen. You always pick pure country, whether it was from the breeders' crowd last year all the way through now. You always pick pure country. So uh, I going, I'll tell you why, Mike. Listen, uh, honestly, you're going to get a good price on her. She's five to two morning line. I don't think she'll go off five to two. I do think we're probably looking around a eight to five, nine to five situation. In my opinion, that is a tremendous price on pure country in this race. Tremendous. No, I completely agree. Well, Mike, race number 10 is the Max Hemp Memorial Final, $500,000 on the line, and it features the likes of Boston Red Rocks, who is second to control the moment last week. Race was very well towards the insider, uh, finishing second to betting line in the Pepsi North America Cup. More Dragon is on the inside uh, after finishing fourth. I'm not too big of a fan of that Ron Burke trainee, Mike, but the horse I think that could upset is uh, Katie Rocker, who draws post seven tonight for trainer Jim Campbell, excuse me, draws post seven on Saturday for trainer uh, Jim Campbell. And, you know, I, I got to say that this horse showed some very nice closing speed last week. I came home in 27 and two, but if you look at the qualifier, two starts back 25 and four in that final quarter time. I think Katie's Rocker, if the uh, pace falls apart, has got a big shot to win this thing. No way I'm going against Racing Hill in this particular race, Mike. And, uh, you know, I know 5-2. Uh, to two, I do think there'll be a little bit of value there. I don't think this horse is going to be a prohibitive favorite. This is a horse that uh, raced uh, right up against, finished right up against betting line in the elimination and the finals of the Pepsi North America Cup, used twice. Uh, used for position, then had to come back to the outside and just end up a little bit short on the end, but still close to 26 and four. Made it look easy last time. Was the heavy favorite. Made it look easy in, her elimina- in his elimination, rather. Draws the inside. I do think two racing hill is absolutely the one to beat. Um, you know, listen. If the race has a lot of movement, I think Boston Red Rocks has a chance to close from behind. Um, if the race is just maybe Katie's rocker and control the moment go out with racing Hill, either brushing, um, or an up close pocket spot. I think racing Hill has got a big, big time edge in here, a, a huge edge, Mike, especially considering that the contenders are most on the outside, the speed contenders, Katie's rocker and control the moment. And the, ma- the main closing threat, Boston Red Rocks, will certainly need a, an outer flow. Probably will end up third over if, if he doesn't show speed. I think Racing Hill is, uh, is uh, I don't want to use the word lock, but I think he's very close in this race. Yeah, you got to think Racing Hill's got a big shot. I got to like control the moment just a little bit. Um, control the moment went to the lead uh, for driver Randy Waples in the Pepsi North Cup entire towards the end of the mile, finishing second to Racing Hill and betting line. You got to think, though, that uh, control the moment's going to get just a little bit better of a trip. The outside post hurts a little bit, but Racing Hill looks strong from the inside, too. So it'll be a. It'll be interesting to see uh, what exactly happens. Now, this is the race, Mike, that I know I cannot wait for, and it is the Ben Franklin final purse $500,000. Melmara draws the inside. Shambhala draws post two uh, after a uh, tough trip last week. Really went after uh, Wiggle It Jiggle It, started the mile and tired towards the end of the trip. Uh, you've got Wiggle It Jiggle It in here, state treasurer. The, the life of this race just keeps and you've got to always be Mickey and Freaky Pete Pete. Mike, uh, let's, let's, let's spend a few minutes on this race. Now, we've only got we're, – we're stretching this out to a two-hour show, uh, but, uh, you know, I think, it's, uh, I think it's worth it. I think always be Mickey, 4-1 uh, to one on the morning line, and we won't, you know, discuss that. But I think that always be Mickey is going to be a uh, short price in this field against Wiggle It Jiggle It and uh, Freaky Pete Pete. The question is going to be, where does Freaky Pete Pete shout in all this? Does Wiggle It Jiggle It go to the top spot? 
this freaky feet Pete try to leave with Trace Tietrich. And the other thing, too, Mike, is Shambhala. Shambhala tried to leave a tenth last week. I guess that Zeron is going to leave from the inside. Mike, here's our thing here. Our thing here is that we've got a trailer with 10 always at my place. Now, in my opinion, and we asked George, we've asked Jimmy, we've asked uh, Robert Cooper, we asked Larry Reinheimer. They were kind of coy about it. I mean, you know, they kind of mentioned it, but uh, I don't know how much they thought about this. In my opinion, this trailer throws this race into complete chaos, in my opinion. And what I mean is, is you're going to have, and you've got your three big contenders. Okay. You've got wiggle it, jiggle it. You've got freaky feet, Pete, and always be Mickey. I will pretty much go on the limb and say, Mike, that one of these horses is going to be parked a mile. Is that a safe assessment? Probably always be Mickey, actually. You know, it, it's definitely plausible. I think uh, always at my place, Jingra is not going to give up the inside that easily. The one thing you got to know, though, Mike, is that Wiggle and Jiggle it has been known they first up a very long time. He can take a lot of air. So I think if Wiggle and Jiggle it gets stuck on the outside, it, it could very well be uh, his race to win or lose. Here's my opinion on this thing. And you've got three great horses in this race. You, all of them are great horses. You only only have three. You've got all of them. All of them are fantastic horses. Um, and here's my opinion on this thing. I think from a gambling point of view, not from a fan point of view, from a gambling point of view, my opinion is you have the trailer, okay? It is somewhat safe to say that one of these horses, probably always be Mickey, is going to be parked the journey. Somebody's going to be parked the journey. The outer flow is going to be busy, and the pace is going to be fast. If there is a race that ever set up for a long shot, for somebody to surprise, this is it. And I don't really know who it's going to be, but I will tell you something. I think the pace is going to be fast. The outer flow is going to be busy. The trailer is going to create havoc. And I think that there is going to be some surprise, some twist in this race. Who is going to be the beneficiary of this? I really, really don't know. I know there's been some Twitter, all bets off, okay? Once again, draws post date. Once again, is out in left field, okay? This is a horse that has the ability if the race suits him. I'm not so sure if the race suits him. I will agree with you. I think the race more suits somebody like Shambhala because this is a horse that can easily get away fifth, sixth, seventh, easily creep into the outer flow, easily pick up the pieces. I would say if there's a long shot in this race, it could be him or it could be State Treasurer. I honestly think that one of these two horses is going to creep into a very, very desirable position in this race. And if pieces to be picked up turning for home, I think either Shambhala or State Treasure will be in the right spot to pick him up. In other words, if you got the big three and maybe four with Melmera and the others, I'm going to go for the field here, Mike. I think there's going to be a big upset come Saturday. I got to tell you, the, my long day of the night is going to be in this race, and it's the 10, always at my place, who is really going to mess things up. Uh, there is no way, no how, Jingra's giving up the inside. I think that Melmara has got a speed that Jingra can follow Melmara out. And if Melmara 
parks out anybody, whether it be Freaky Feet Pete, whether it be Wiggle Jiggle, whether it be State Treasure, always be Mickey. I think always at most places. As long as Jingra doesn't get stuck behind a slowing and tiring Melmara, he's got a real shot at winning this race. Oh, this is going to be a tremendous race. I'm telling you right now. And I, you know, listen, if you're if you're a two dollar player, keep on. I don't think there's going to be any kind of big show wager here, by the way, just so you know. But I do think there might be some interesting action. Um, I think there may be. I think there may be some value, Mike. Honestly, in in the wind pool on horses like Shambhala, State Treasure, yours always at my place. Maybe all bets off. Do not be afraid to back yourself up and put yourself a couple of bucks on uh, some of these outside horses because. Uh, so not outside horses, but some of the outsiders in this race, because this is going to be a crazy race. There is absolutely no way that any handicapper can sit down and figure out exactly the race shape and how this race is going to go. But I will guarantee you the trailer is going to cause havoc. The pace will be fast. There will be a busy outer flow. If there was ever a recipe for a long shot, Mike, this is it. So wager recording, yeah. my friends. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. And Ron Burke, he's got a trio of horses in here. And unfortunately, he drew eight, nine, and 10. So, you know, Ron has got to be a little upset. But always my place, I just I can't get away from this five-year-old brown gelding by always a virgin. Just looked really sharp, uh, was coming home strongly uh, last week and just kind of tired a little bit towards the end of the mile. So it, it, it'll be a uh, fun race to watch. Race number 12 closes out, I believe, their pick four sequence, Mike. They have a exactly, exactly. Pick four. Mike, let me, Mike, let me interrupt you real quick. Let me interrupt you. Um, okay. If you're looking to play a pick four, and I'm going to throw this question at you uh, before we look at that 12th race. If you're looking to play a pick four, this all-stakes pick four, and you've got a couple of bucks to spread around, do you think it'd be wise to go all in the 11th, all in the Ben Franklin? I think you either have to go all or you have to, you know, you, you put the three in there, but you got to pick a couple of long shots. I, I really think somebody's going to close in in that race. Okay. So anyway, moving right along to race 12, Mike, I know you're getting ready to talk and we're, we're trying to figure out maybe a key, maybe Southwind Frank's the key. Mike in uh, in that last leg of the pick four post seven fourth start of the year. Uh, I mean, lost the bar hopping uh, in the eliminations, but for crying out loud, Southland Frank was parked that first quarter, made the front. It was an elimination race. Bar hopping is now in post nine and Southland Frank uh, does have post seven. Uh, but in my opinion, that's a big, big post advantage when you go post seven to post nine. And uh, I think Southwind Frank uh, may be a horseshoe can key there. Although, boy, Dason really, Dason really came from nowhere last time. That was one heck of an effort, boy. Yeah, you got you got to think that Dason is going to uh, stick his nose where it belongs in this race. You know, Southwind Frank is a, a great horse. Don't get me wrong. Two wins and three starts this year. Eleven for twelve. Um, but I think Dason might have his number in this field. Dason uh, gets, you know, a decent post draw, picks up Jim Morrill Jr., and this horse came flying from off the pace last week, closing him in 20 seconds flat. Like, I got to think Dason is going to be the way to go, and that's going to be my single. Okay, well, that's an interesting single. I'll tell you what, the way that horse raced in the elimination, I thought it was fantastic. And, uh, you know, may have been on to victory in the good times, too, made a break. It was an easy winner in the good times elimination uh, there and uh, was, uh, you know, just dominated that New York Sire Stakes group back on the 29th. So I'm not going to argue with that. I think Dason could be good. But, uh, you know, Southwind Frank, who uh, everybody touted was going to be the Hamiltonian uh, 
horse, you know, and we talked about harness racing uh, gamblers uh, getting off the bandwagon a little bit, and maybe they're getting off the bandwagon with Southwind Frank because of that loss last week. So at least Dayson, Southwind Frank, put Southwind Frank in there. Maybe he could take a chance of leaving bar hopping out from post nine, but maybe Dayson, Southwind Frank in there, and then go all in that Ben Franklin, because I'm telling you, I think something's going to happen there. Yeah, definitely. Well, Mike, we've had a we we've had a ball talking about all of this. I, I mentioned a contest earlier, and I, I haven't discussed this with Mike, but we're, I'm going to make an executive decision here. Read us and let us know how fast you think the Ben Franklin's going to go. Let us know how fast you think that race is going to go. We'll send a ball cap to the winner, whoever's the closest. Um, not necessarily without going over. We're not really logistics, but whoever's the closest will uh, will get a post time with Mike and Mike ball cap. Yeah, certainly. And uh, it's going to be a great race. I mean, like I say, don't choose anything over 147. I mean, the only thing that can create that could prevent that race from going over 147 is a tsunami. It's it's going under 147. That's my opinion. And uh, like I say, Mike, I'm heading out to Pocono that Saturday. Um, I'm going to disappoint you, though, my friend, because uh, I don't know if I'm going to get any interviews to get any video because I want to be a fan that particular day, Mike. I want to sit back and watch and, and uh, you know, like I say, because you just don't know when you're going to have a race of this magnitude again. And, and uh, I've got my little four-year-old, and I'm just happy uh, that he's going to be able to see a race of this magnitude. And, and uh, you know, my wife, and it's going to be a great, great time. So uh, I don't know if I'll get any work done that Saturday, Mike, but uh, I will certainly bring you a report on Thursday. No, man, enjoy it. Have a great time and, you know, just experience it with your son. Well, Mike, uh, it, it has been a fantastic show. <laughs> you stuck it out with us for two hours. We we certainly appreciate it, and uh, I was glad I was able to get on uh, this week. So next we've got Larry Letterman. We've got um, – I was going to say Tara Hines, but it's not Tara Hines. It's Helene Gregory uh, coming on the program and a couple of others. We will let everybody know uh, coming up this week as to who is going to be on the show. And, Mike, uh, real quick, I want to talk about something. We announced this week that Gabe Pruitt would be joining us for the Breeders' Crown uh, special. We're really excited to have Gabe uh, join the Breeders' Crown broadcast team. I've never heard of him. Never heard of him. Listen to you. <laughs> Listen, no, we're, we are. That. We are very. We can kid with Gabe like that. At least I think we can kid like Gabe with with Gabe like that. Gabe's a a great guy, great announcer, one of the finest young announcers in the sport, and uh, it, it does a lot of different things uh, for the sport of harness racing. We uh, couldn't be happier to have Gabe. I'll tell you, Gabe's a great guy, and we couldn't be happier to have him. And he's going to be on the pro. Uh, well, I don't know if he's going to be on the pro. Probably be on the program in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but uh, he's going to be with us uh, on uh, at least that one remote. Maybe we could try to twist his arm uh, to, to be on the other remotes with us as well. But Gabe is going to be joining us on the broadcast crew for Breeders' Crown. Fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Well, for Mike Bozich, I'm Mike Carter. We thank you so much for joining us here this evening. Post next Thursday is at 7 o'clock. Good night.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.